Hello and welcome to another tale of Tales of the Uncharted Territories. I'm just trying to think where we are in this series, and I think we're actually Tales of Tormented Space. space. Well, tales of Torment. Tales of Torment. Sounds, sounds like a much more grim, yeah. Right? Like a like a mid-80s British video nasty audio nasty in this case. Oh, yes. Hello everyone, I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And we're doing another fanfic today. And this time I've I, I've selected I've gone I've gone a little bit off the um the, the the track of doing those episode fillers, mm-hmm. which we will get back to. We will get back to them because yes. I'm sure that they're they're and, great. And all honestly, it's the holiday season, and we're we're having to mess with a little bit with the re- order in which we're recording these things, yes. and therefore it's easier if we don't have to worry about exactly. that kind of problem. Exactly. <laughs> You've got it absolutely spot on, so we're just being a a, a little bit cheeky in that regard. But I found one that I think is really appropriate to sort of dive into because it, uh, I mean, it deals with a character that I haven't seen in a while. And I've selected the story, which was recommended by Mystery Tour on Twitter. And it's called, uh, it's written again by Astro Girl. She's been featured before. And it's called Five Things That Never Happened to Scorpy's Neural Clone. Hang on, didn't we do that one already? Well done. Thank you for repeating the exact question that we had before we started recording. Oh, and shush. then I cut you off. No, I think you did a very good job, and I want everybody to know what a great job my buddy Kay did. We Come did. On, you're giving them the wrong impression. that they, they think that this is all spontaneous and we never do anything, or do they? Well. I think you I think you misread the word spontaneous in your script there, buddy. Right, yes. We did another story by Astrogo called Five Things That Never Happened to Zalak's Son. Right, that's the one, yes. Yeah. So where we had like five scenes that where things turned out differently than they did. Yes. Which is a really interesting dramatic device. So as soon as I saw that this existed, I mean, considering that... Yeah. I mean, Scorpius Neural Clone is no more. Yes, Harvey. Oh, well, he got snatched out of John. We yes. don't know if he Scorpius isn't keeping him around somewhere. If it's got a receptacle or I yeah, mean he it, might just like have a backup, you know, like made a dump. I mean, he wouldn't have just removed it without getting the data from John. So mm. I mean, he's probably got a backup of that somewhere. So who knows? Sorry, I'm just running my, my <laughs> through the like the game theory. I mean, he has access to actual John now. Right. Who, who actually knows it. Yes, oh, but, yes he might, which, but he might. But Harvey yeah. might still have gotten information oh, out yeah, of that's John interesting. that he can't do get in an, uh, another way. So, mm. yeah. oh yeah, the summary is a five things story featuring various versions of Harvey. I wonder mm. if Astro Girl has done more of these five oh, things, yeah. or maybe it was a thing on the on the forums for a while. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have a five things. So the rating is teen and up audience. Archive warning: major character death. Category: male, male. That, it's not what I usually expect for a fan. Well, it's not the kind of fanfics that we read. Uh, maybe not you. Well, no, I mean, out, read out here on the uh, oh, like on so. the podcast. <laughs> well, it's never been for any like reason of selection. We do try to stay on the PG thirteen side, which I soon mm. hope that this is. Oh no, I'm not logged in, and it's still showing me. Teen and up, yeah. Teen uh, and up. Relationships: yeah. Scorpius, Bracca, characters: Harvey, John Crichton. Oh, so his first name is Miklo. I, I never I just thought it was Bracca. I didn't know he had a first name. Eh, maybe it's a fanfic liberty. Fair. Or maybe I've got a really good poker Five face. Five things and alternate universe. Okay, wait, that's a tag. Five things is a tag. Yes. Let me see. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, there there's, we go then. There's tons and so tons it is. and tons. Okay, so it, so it is. A thing. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. 
Okay, notes contain some very mildly slashy content. Mm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One, his mission is perfectly simple. He is to infiltrate himself into his subject's brain, root out the information his creator desires, then take control and call for his extraction. But it begins to go wrong almost at once. He simply isn't prepared for the gibberish that fills this creature's mind. Chaotic, random, unconnected thoughts. Memory of experiences so bizarre and alien that he cannot even begin to guess at what they signify. And, above it all, the ceaseless stream of consciousness nonsense. Sometimes vocalized, sometimes silent, but always there. Floating across the surface of the mind, constantly distracting him. It would be impossible to find what he's looking for in here, even if it weren't tightly locked away. That is so... You know he's a scientist, right? He is a scientist. Oh, I know, right. Still, he does his best, filing away random bits of information in the hopes that Scorpius might be able to make more sense of them. Eventually, he decides he's gotten all he's going to get, or perhaps he's just become desperate for the release of Oblivion, and he makes the move he's been programmed for. Nothing happens. His efforts to take control go completely unnoticed, mind and body slipping from his grasp like wringing alien alien fish from his host's distant, long-lost homeworld. In desperation, he tries another attack. If direct control will not work, perhaps indirect manipulation will. No matter how confusing he finds it, he does know of this person's heart. These are things he cares about, a woman he loves. Say the right things, convince him that he might present a threat to him, to them, to her, and perhaps he will turn himself in. Okay, early on, it says, like, wriggling fish, and I I really wanted to read that, like, golem. <laughs> fish raw and wriggling. <laughs> so the clone finally prepares to reveal himself, to become not just an unsensed presence, but a voice. He expects shock, horror, an emotional reaction. He expects resistance. He doesn't expect to be ignored. He tries harder tries raising his voice above the mental din, but a thousand other voices shout him down, and he is lost in cacophony. His words become shouts, become screams, become incoherent, ranting gibberish, but it all merely blends into the background. It goes on and on forever. And the Bannock never even notices. (gasps) Oh! Oh, my God! That's amazing! Hmm. That's amazing! What are the odds? That Stark also has one. Oh, hmm. but why would it be? I mean, I suppose, yes. That makes, yeah, I mean, you think it's about John, and then it turns out to be about Stark. Yes. Like, Stark even tells John at one point, like, he's just an impotent wraith, like, right. buzzing in your ear. You can ignore yes. him. Maybe he's got one, too. And he's like, oh, no, you just ignore it with all the, like, follow away with all the <laughs> other voices that you ignore yeah. most of the time. Wow. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Two. Next one, next one. Two. A moment of disorientation, of displacement, a sensation unlike he's had since he was first implanted. And then he's elsewhere. Somewhere large and strange, and definitely not where he's supposed to be. He reaches out immediately to see if Crichton's all right, but instead of a connection to John, he finds... Wait, who the frill is that? It feels nothing like John, thinks nothing like John, but he can see and hear through it well enough to finally figure out what's going on. (gasps) Oh... As annoying as this interruption to his mission is, once he understands what's happened, he cannot help but laugh. A hundred DRDs simultaneously squeal. He wonders how Moya's making out in the chip in what used to be in Crichton's head. He wonders how Moya Moya's making out in the chip in what used to be Crichton's head. Okay, that one I don't fully understand. I mean, I suppose it's like 
got implanted into Moya instead of uh, John. But oh, I was thinking that this is out of their minds. Oh, Moya didn't get swapped around. In that no, day. exactly. Yeah. So this must have been a thing that never happened. But yeah, yeah this is true. So when John and Aaron swapped bodies, did yeah. Harvey go with John? Oh. Or did Harvey get a taste of Aaron's mind in John's brain? Ooh, very good point. Right? Was yeah. it like that? Yes, she was in his pants. Yeah. And Rigel? Oh, God. Poor, poor, poor. I already, I already <laughs> pity Ivy a little bit from time to time, but damn, Rigel. Really? Oh, you've come far. Well, I know, I know. It goes that way once he's once he's powerless. But like the stuff that he's done. Oh yes, of course. Uh, literally killing Aaron. Yes. Not least of which. Oh, these are really good. They're very brief, but they're very good. Mm. Good job, Astro Girl. Three. It's an exhausting battle, but you finally triumph, sending your adversary plummeting from the imaginary roller coaster. <laughs> ah, to his very real death. You open your eyes very slowly and blink up at the concerned face hovering above you. Hi, Aaron, you say. You're a little surprised at just how happy you are to see her. Are you all right? she asks. Is he gone? Oh, yes, you say, rising. Yeah, he's gone all right. Okay, I haven't read to the end yet. Me neither. But, but you sort of sound like you're channeling Harvey doing a John impersonation. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh. <laughs> Can't go, oh, can't go wrong that way. Oh, let's find out. She, she smiles, and you smile back, and you realize that, hot damn, everything really is going to be just fine now. You're here, and you're together. And you know how to be John Crichton well enough to fake it for a long, long time. <laughs> oh, these are fantastic. All right. Okay, number four. Four. Hang on, let me figure out who's going to say that. Oh, gee, how am I going to do that one? Please, Crichton, I just want to talk to him. What the hell are you talking about, Bracca? I know he's in here, inside you. I just need to know, I need to know if he blames me for getting killed on Arnesk. The peacekeeper's Whoa. eye dropped for a moment, and if John hadn't known better, he'd be willing to swear that there were tears in them. He had a plan, you see. I always, he always has a plan. But you screwed it up, huh? Well, boo-hoo. Or should that be woohoo? No, definitely woohoo. <laughs> Ding dong, the evil bastard's dead. Don't mind me if I go if I don't go shedding any tears. You, Bracca took more than no more than half a step towards him before being stopped by a Winona to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Careful, Captain. You want to join your boss in hell? I think I can arrange that. Bracca took a deep breath, visibly pulling himself together as he looked at him directly in the eye. Scorpius, he said. Scorpius, it's me. Alas, Harvey's voice came from directly over Bracca's shoulder. Poor Bracca, how sad to lose someone you care for and to feel responsible. He gave John a significant look. Careful, Harv, you're not going to win any sympathy points with that one. He moved the pulse pistol over a few inches, reciting from Bracca's body to Harvey's. An empty gesture, of course, but it communicated perfectly well. I know you're in there, said Bracca, still staring into Crichton's eyes. Actually, he's right behind you. Bracca whirled as if expecting to see him. Harvey smiled. He's never loved you. No, the, no, oh, this no, is John. John again. Yeah. He says he's never loved you and that you should get lost. I never said that, Harvey protested. What, you did love him? He says he loved me. <laughs> Bracca's eyes were wide. Oh, damn, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Just tell me what he said. Uh, he hasn't said anything. That's because... Sorry. That's because you haven't let me have a word in edgewise, John. 
John made an aggrieved hair tear and gesture, nearly hitting himself in the head with Winona in the process. Yikes. Okay, fine. Just say whatever you want to say to the guy so he'll go away and leave us. Leave me in peace. Silence. Harvey? Well, what am I supposed to say to the man, John? I don't know. Tell him you forgave him for killing you. But he didn't kill me. Then forgive him for killing Scorpius. But we're glad he killed Scorpius. I am. You are. But apparently he's not. What is he saying? <laughs> I can tell he's saying something. Your eyes are all unfocused. Tell me. He says you're forgiven. Go home. Did he really say that? More or less. Bracca's eyes flickered from John's face to a spot several inches to the left of where Harvey was standing. Then back to John again. Really? Scout's honour. He isn't mad at you or anything. Whoa. The relief in the captain's face was equal parts comical and pitiful, and John felt his annoyance softening slightly despite himself. He holstered the pulse pistol and put a hand on Bracca's shoulder. There you go. Let it go, man. Move on with your laugh. Go hook up with someone else a little less genocidal. That's what he wants. Yeah, so not Grazer, then. <laughs> not Grazer. I know. You've got the, she's got the, the boob sweat. I but mean, I don't know when this was like written, but Grazer might have not been in the picture yet. No, oh, this what's... is after Arnes. Oh, yes, Where Grazer ordered yes, him to uh, yes, decide yes, yes, about yes, it. So. Thank you, Crichton. The disconcerting, almost tears were back. I'll try to do that. Could you give him one last message from me? Sure, I guess. Hey! <clears throat> yelled Harvey. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <clears throat> hey! yelled Harvey as Bracca's lips met Crichton's. I'm over here. Wait, maybe I can talk John into letting me borrow his body and we could... But Bracca turned and walked right through him as he left. Whoa, <laughs> this is some, um, oh, Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze kind of vibes and yes, girls. And, and, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome here from Bracca. Is it Stockholm Syndrome? Is it just well, really fucked up? I mean, I'm trying to... Think, what was the song from Ghost again? I when they're doing know. the pottery, because all I can think of I, I will always love you, but that's not it. At the time of my, my life. life. No, that's another. That's no, not. that's <laughs> How can we not get this? No. It's, and I'll love you was. I oh, didn't have any of the, either of those in him. That didn't have I, nor Patrick Swayze nor uh, Whoopi Goldberg in it. No, no, that no. Was, it uh, had. Uh, what's her name again? Uh, Whitney Houston. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Still no closer to the pottery song. No, I didn't know there It'll was a pottery song. Yeah, there's the pottery scene where they... I know the they... pottery scene. I don't know the pottery song. Mm-hmm, your love. That's the one. I need your love. Is that Brian Adams? Godspeed your love. No, you're thinking of Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Well, I mean, he did a lot of... He did various movies and other Five. Things. Right. <laughs> I love I love us. <laughs> Heat delirium is a highly selective in its damage. It does very little to the organs and tissue of the bodies. Physically, it does very little to the brain. Once the body cools off sufficiently, brain activity can be restored. The problem is that whatever patterns that brain once held, thoughts, dreams, memories, self, can never be retrieved. What remains is the proverbial blank slate. He doesn't need to tell Scorpius this, of course. But he makes a point of bringing it up anyway, and he's rather relieved when Scorpius deigns to listen to him. He talks fast, trying not to use too many of the obscure Earth's praise phrases that he's picked up from Crichton. Oh, well. He doesn't want to die, he tells his progenitor, but he doesn't want to live there anymore either. 
John's grief and anger make it all but unbearable, which is kind of weird considering yeah. what Scorpius, if he's modeled on Scorpius, you'd figure he'd, he can deal with that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's so sure Scorpius has seen his own share of that kind of thing. Yeah, but Harvey has to be his own creature. He's, he's, he can't be a full Scorpy because mm. he's, he's pathetic and he's empathetic. Yeah. Right, and he's... He's selfish in a way that, I mean, is Scorpius selfish? He's highly driven, right? I mean, he's got his agenda. I mean, you could like maybe say that Harvey is kind of like a copy of Scorpius. I mean, the mental copy of Scorpius, but running on different hardware. So, for instance, like he has the same memories, but he doesn't have the same. I don't know, em- em- emotions, hormonal reflexes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Built up body trauma that that is come from that. That's and therefore brilliant. he has a different view on these things. Yes. Yeah, different processes run at different, like, intensities. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the same emotional filter. He doesn't have the same pain tolerance. This is, okay. Anyway. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Okay. <clears throat> yes, he tells Scorpius. John fully intends to kill you. He regarded any promises he made as void when you failed to save Aaron from the living death. Oh. Oh. So this is an alternate universe for where he... Uh, yes. The delirium. If you had not crept up on him in his sleep tonight, he would have crept up on you in yours, and there would be nothing I could do to stop him. I have very little influence over John anymore. It becomes very easy to ignore a voice in one's head, much easier than ignoring a loved one. He doesn't have to spell out the details of his plan. Even after all this time, they still think very much alike. A deal is made, a bargain struck. Life for loyalty, he thinks. Not a bad trade. And the doing of it turns out to be ridiculously easy. A few hours later, he brushes his new, long, black hair from his eyes. He sits, he breathes, he feels. Then he walks over to where Crichton lies asleep and rests a gentle hand on his arm. The human stirs and blinks, looking up at him with incredulous hope. Aaron? Hello, John, he says, and smiles. Oh, oh these are amazing! <laughs> I can see what you mean with a little bit slashy. Oh. <laughs> and, a little, and, a little, and, and not a, more than a little bit shippy. But yeah! <laughs> oh, hell yeah! We really are dipping our toes in tormented space, aren't we? It's, <laughs> it's not the old There's familiar Uncharted territory. a lot of torment going on here. Whoa! I thought these were really fantastic. Yes. So, thank, thank you. you to Astro Girl 2. Thank again, you. Again, yep. once again, you have regaled us with many a good, great tale so far. And thank you for uh, for listening. You can join us next week when we return to Farscape episode, whatever it turns out to be. Let's find out how that goes. And until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Which we've actually had a question about from one of our listeners who... Like, what the who, fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> S-W-A-I, S-W-A-I. That's the closest they can, they can get. Yes. Oh. Well. The mystery continues! Oh.